Hey, just wanted to pop in real quick before we start the podcast. I've really got a great opportunity for this interview. Very excited. Wanted to give you a quick bio about this man of God that we're going to be interviewing in just a moment. His name is John Mark Poole. He is the co-founder of Word to the World Ministries, has been used by God to minister as a prophetic voice to the nations. Based out of Columbia, Mississippi, he is called to take the apostolic, prophetic, five-fold ministry message to the pastors and church leaders across the USA and around the world. He has become a prophetic voice to speak into pastors and leaders' lives throughout America in preparation for our next revival outpouring. He and his wife, Sandy, are both ordained by James Gall, Director of Encounter Network Ministries. John Mark has been ministering on radio, TV, as well as local churches, conferences, and crusade revival outpourings. He's been featured on Sid Roth, its Supernatural TV program. His message is to prepare the leaders of the nations to come into unity of the body of Christ for the power of agreement and prayer. John Mark also prophesied to pastors, church, and kingdom leaders to bring a completion of the release of the real prophetic gifts into the church that Jesus builds. John Mark and his wife, Sandy, direct their ministry office and reside in Columbia, Mississippi. It's absolute honor to be able to have him. So I hope that you get a chance to enjoy this. I encourage you go back and listen to this podcast again. There is a lot to glean here. All right. I'm going to step out of the way and let the podcast begin. Welcome to No Longer Hopeless. I'm your host, Lane Mercer, co-founder of LNL Ministries. This podcast is a place where you can come to get encouragement and hope restored. We showcase that there's always hope to be found for the right here and right now in the Lord. Let's get started, shall we? Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Glad to have you here. Hope you've had a great week. I'm glad you're here. And if you've not had a great week, I'm glad you're here because this is No Longer Hopeless podcast. We are very honored today. We have a a special guest and you get to hear his voice a lot more than mine today. I'm going to let you tell a bit about it. This is uh, Prophet John Mark Poole, and we're going to just let him have his way here. So here we go. We're going to get started. Thank you so much. We're so glad that you're with us today, John Mark. If you could just tell us, what is your story? Uh, Well, it would take a little bit longer than this (laughs) podcast, but I'll tell you in a nutshell. Basically, my story is going from hopeless to the destiny and blessings of God of his Mm -hmm. plan. And I can help you through the shortcut version, and there'll be more to this. I have a book called Path of a Prophet, and it's by me. And uh, it is my journey, and it it tells the expanded version of how to, early on, if you've heard from God, and yet you've gone through all kinds of warfare, and no telling what, inside and outside the church, you can get warfare from every direction, Mm -hmm. and you became hopeless, And at one time, I sort of threw in the towel and turned my back on it all because I just couldn't see any way out. Uh, Understand one thing. God's never leaving you. He's always for you. He's very inclusive. And one of my uh, messages is that it's never too late to have the hope in God that he's promised because he loves you more than you'll ever know. With that in mind, I can remember as a child being raised in a a very spiritual environment, uh, actually spirit-filled church, love the Lord. And, of course, it was, you know, old-fashioned because of the day. We were, you know, I'm older now. But back then, I can remember uh, many, many meetings of things that I got to view and be a part of as a, as a youngster. 
knowing that these people, though I didn't understand all of it, I knew they heard from God. And I knew they depended upon him and the Holy Spirit to get through those trying times uh, during uh, their parents came out of the depression and we were in a better time in life after World War II. So it was a it was an expanding time in our economy and everything was sort of flourishing. But at the same time, uh, I just saw people around me in those early church days of really hunger for a great move of God. And they were really were pressing for that. So we would have revivals back during the day. So I was raised in that environment. And then, as you know, teenage years come along and there's a lot of things after the teenagers today. And in the church of that season was if because of some of their religious views, if it was fun, you just quit it. If it didn't taste good, you spit it out. So I just thought to myself, you know, then it wasn't any much of that fun environment as it was a do's and don'ts. And to a youngster, when you give them a don't and you don't give them an alternative, then there's no fun because you don't have, well, what can I do? And so the world offered more stuff outside than what I had been receiving around that stale old crowd. And that's kind of how you view it. And then a few harsh things happened. You know, some old well-meaning religious leader, you know, got on to me for my hair being a little longer because we came through the Beatle days and told me I needed to have a haircut before I could ever do anything at his church. All of this went on. Well, that affects a youngster. So I just did the wrong thing and I compromised. I knew God, but I went to ways of to see what the world's life is like. Mm-hmm. And that was a big mistake. But I learned a lot. And I learned one thing about it was I had praying parents, I had praying family. And no matter what I did and where I went, I knew God was still after me. So I understood one thing like David, even if I go to hell, if I go to Hades, the Lord's still after me. Where can I go? Well, nowhere. You know, when you're his, you're his. So, you know, you can run from him, but you cannot hide because he's going to find you. So that's what I went through for a number of years. And, you know, I would recur and bounce back and and try to get right with God. And I I was always searching. So a lot of you that are coming in and out of doors of churches or going to different places. Remember one thing I did all of the above and I can short, I can help you do the shortcut and do and do the walk right into his heart. Just rest in him knowing that he loves you no matter what you've been through. And it's not all these different churches. It's just that you were looking and I was looking and we're all looking for a loving relationship with a living father. And I admonish every man, everybody to know the Lord as not just your Savior, Lord Jesus, but also to know Abba Father as your Daddy God. Mm-hmm. And when I found that out through the years and the bumps and the hard knocks and all the stuff, and I learned a lot, but I had fun. You know, as a traveling person, I always working and always enjoying adventures out there. And, you know, I just didn't live in, you know, harsh sin environment all the time. I was busy, but I just wasn't involved in church. <clears throat> I kind of got hurt out of all that. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that if you're going through a hurt in a church or some loved one or somebody that didn't know any better, just let it roll off like water over the duck's back. Get back to the Lord. Get on your knees and say, Lord, here I am. I don't know where to start. And understand one thing. You're not starting over with God. You're just picking up. He just knocks it all off, and he's already loving you. He's not gonna. He's not looking for a reason to cancel your ticket. He wants you. You're his. So if I lean over, a lot of people say, do you believe in once saved, always saved? Do you believe eternal security. I said, well, I lean towards grace and mercy. I don't know how to totally answer that other than I'm never going to give Jesus up for you or anybody else. So once he's got you, he should really have you. And then you know you're in a loving relationship. So as I went through this adventure, 
you know, there was a lot of hard knocks and some of it, you know, life comes at you fast. Even, especially when you dedicate, and so I rededicated my heart back to the Lord and then all hell broke loose. Well, why? You know, you have wives leave you, you have, you know, lose your job, you have fortunes gone. You, 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 it's like, well, there's two reasons. Number one, I had a crop of consequences right. because I did some, you know, kind of not so great stuff for the kingdom and I did it my way and I wanted it my high, my high, you know, I did the highway instead of God's way and it, it has prices. Mm -hmm. David was a man after his own heart, but he paid a great price for some of his failures and that's okay, but God didn't depose him. Right. He kept him. He said he's a man after my own heart. So understand that man up or woman up, but just be mature and understand the crop of consequences is a short crop season mm -hmm. compared to the, the huge abundant blessings of the harvest that's coming for you because it'll overtake the crop of consequences because they're going to be gone. And then all of a sudden you're going to look up and say, the refrigerator hadn't quit. My gas tank isn't empty. Right. My car is still running. I didn't have any of this thing in the world. So you realize, and my mother would always preach to me, say, you're never going to be blessed running from God. You come to God and eventually, so all that stuff that I had consequences behind me from my actions, I drew my own fire. I own up to it. So when you say, I did it, you know, like in basketball, the buzzer goes off. I didn't want to raise my hand, but it said, no, number nine, that's you. You fouled. Right. But you own up to it. You become mature. You say, God, what now? And he'll help you. Mm -hmm. And so as he does, just just remember one thing. God is for you. Right. He's, he's wanting you to go. So I, I literally went from dejection, loss of a wife that left, loss of children that had to go with them, loss of a house, loss of everything I had. In a matter of a month, I, I went from minister to street person almost. Mm. And that's a tough job. And I, in this season, at this time, when this happened, I guess the Holy Spirit just came over me because the devil came and said, all right, bottle of Jack Daniels, three liter Coke, and this is what the church did for you. Let's just go, just give it up. Mm. I said, no devil, I went that way when I was young. This time, I'm still a minister. I don't care what's happened. Though they slay me, well, I serve you. I don't care if everybody leaves me. I'm still with God. And God came in to help me, to give me that desire. And so I just folded out a little picnic table I had left in the house. That's all they left me. And, and I put my Thompson Chain Bible on there. And I said, Word of the World Ministries is in operation right here, right now. We're not quitting. We're not running. I'm still ministering. Mm -hmm. And then all hell hit me. Because I had the flu, I had a church to preach in Sunday. I said, God, I can't go over there. I mean, I'm just a wounded warrior. I'm torn apart. He said, you have to go. I said, God, why do I have to go? He said, it's your Mount Carmel test. This is a showdown of showdowns. Wow. If you get through this, you'll make the rest of it because I'll show you. If you'll press in right now to do everything you can at your lowest, just imagine what it's going to be like when you're back to, when I restore back unto you twice. So remember Job's life. Nobody wants to pattern their life like that, but sometimes we go through those experiences. And Job was not, right. he was not an evil man. He loved God, but he restored him twice to what he had. So when I got through all of that and I got back, I kept on ministering. It was like, oh my God. And then he redirected me. And I thought, well, you know, in your mind, you can say to yourself, I've done the worst thing. I'm not fit for ministry for about five more years till I go through all this restoration. And that's how I was thinking. Well, you know, a wounded minister or somebody that's, now going through a divorce that didn't want. All these things are happening to me. It's just overwhelmed. I mean, it's too much stacked upon me. I've got to take a sailor. Well, I did go get some help. 
I did go to a minister's restoration and a healing center, which was a very valuable thing to do. But I really, after that, I can clearly remember the Lord saying, now you've gotten through this. It was, I remember that preaching that weekend. Uh, the pastor said he's going to have a revival with me for a week. He'd already decided after the first message. But he said after that evening, and the whole house got transformed, he said, son, I don't know what's going on with you, but we had a, we had a week's revival in one Sunday. He said, I've never seen anything like it. And that my lowest, and the devil tried to put flu on me. I couldn't even speak till I got in the pulpit. And the pastor said, when you get in the pulpit to preach, your voice will be great. When you get out, it'll come back. And I thought, well, that doesn't sound right in the healing teaching, but that's exactly what happened until that night. Then I came out of the pulpit. Everybody was transformed. Gay people were changed. We had, I mean, you name it. That place was transformed. And God did it, Holy Spirit. But he wanted me to see it. And I was like a person whom I stepped back and saw that person for the first time doing stuff as if the Lord were yeah. pulling me out of my body to watch and see. You're at your lowest. You didn't even want to come over here. You were ready to hide in a cave and, you know, just eat green worms and die. That's how you feel, just withdraw. But God said, no, that'll be the worst thing for you. Press into what you're called to do. Don't give up and ask him for the for the power. So from that moment forward, I learned it was a it was a milestone in my destiny that I'm in today. And so I realized, look, if we can get through this week, there's nothing too big. And then it was just a week at a time, and I prayed. I was more sincere and intense serving God at that season. I will say something about the hard times. You really grow in them if you'll press into his heart. Because right. he's got stuff he wants to give you. Some people say, was it like week by week? I said, oh, for a good season with me, it's like minute by minute. Mm -hmm. And stuff like revelation came, like you were still, I'm using some of the revelation that yeah. came during that year. It was a year of turnaround. Hmm. And then a pastor uh, there where I'd preached said, I would like for you to stay and be my associate. I thought, do you understand what I just went through? He said, I've been through the same thing and God told me to be your ravens. And so there, little by little, step by step. And then after that, uh, uh, you know, the Lord told me to write a book, and so I wrote Love, God's Greatest Gifts, you know, and then that had a little traction, and then um, I got out there and uh, went to a prophetic conference. My wife gave me a new wife, and the process, it was the love of my life. I realized I'd never had real love. I never had, didn't know what love really was. I didn't know you could be married to your best friend, your ministry partner, and the love of your life at once. Mm -hmm. And so God gave me Sandy, and We've never been apart. And the thing about it was she was a miracle answer to prayer that I really needed. And so as we teamed up like that, everything began to get better. And gradually life turned around and I worked with her. We were teachers for about three, about a couple of years of our marriage. And then God told me to get back out on the road. So he opened doors all over the city, which is another clue. When they want you and you go to one and then the next one calls you and then the next one calls you. So they haven't heard you before. So you're now out of the box. And that's how he reintroduced me into traveling, first in Judea and then Samaria and then the uttermost parts of the world. That's really how that worked, mm -hmm. just like God said. I will admonish anybody that if you've been through a setting and you think it's the worst, it isn't. Mm -hmm. You can look around, and as I got out there and I would share my testimony with some people, they walk up and say, well, you sound like a Boy Scout compared to my life. And I'm going, really? He said, oh, man, he'd tell me, and I think, well, you know, there's some people that really hurt out there. Right. And, but the one thing he said was, I appreciate the fact that you shared with me new hope mm. because I really reached hopelessness. And you said something. A guy told me, he said, 
you looked in the mirror at your lowest point and you said, I'm staring at futility in the face. And that's scary. Because the next thing that was coming to my head was the devil saying, get this piece of junk out of life's way. You're taking good people's space up. That's called depression. And it leads to futility. And folks run from that, get help from God, get deliverance. But you're not a piece of junk. God made you as royalty. And he's going to return hope to the hopeless. That's what he said. And so he got me out of that. Thank God. And I just threw myself into uh, the ministry and the church and everybody else was just, and I had some wonderful pastors that threw their arms around me. They knew the entire story. They said, this ain't nothing. We've got all kinds of ravaged stuff that's happened and God's not through with you. You're a minister of all means and you're going to keep on going. And so as I went on laying through the rest of this in the journey up to now, it's like been sort of like a wonderful blur of after the Path of the Prophet came out and I got acquainted with James Gall and Chuck Pierce and the rest of them, it's like I went into this meeting and I, at the same day my book came out and the same day Elijah List printed my word to the nation on predicting Katrina to come before it came. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is kind of history. And then I got connected in a conference in, with the Sid Roth and he asked me to go to Israel on a ministry trip with him. And I'm going like, all of a sudden I'm going from obscurity and so James asked me, he said, where have you been, man of God, with all that stuff, that prophetic stuff that you're going with? Where have you been? I said, uh, about 20 years of the cave of Adullam with Saul after me. He said, well, welcome to coming out party because this yeah. is your company of prophets. This is where you belong. Awesome. And from that day forward, people ask me, how did you? I didn't try to get out there. It's just I said, Lord, if you ever give me doors of exposure for your glory, that's what I'm going right. to jump in. Excellent. And what I see us going through now on this podcast for you. It, you know, you've been very diligent, Lane, and so you can read the rest of my book, Path of a Prophet, Understanding the Journey, it says. I say if there is such a thing, but anyhow, it's uh, forwarded by James Gall, acknowledged by Sid Roth, and, and those were friends that I did actually minister with a lot, and, and God did help me get into my company, and uh, able to travel across the U.S. and many countries. It's It's been something that you really couldn't script, but it's like a real writer of drama. You can't leave the good, bad, or ugly out because it paints all the pictures that everybody goes through. Right. And we all go through hard times. But like they say, with the Lord, I say. Right. You know, when times get tough, they're tough with God. They just get going. And then you got friends around you say, well, that's enough pity. Let's get going. we got stuff to do. God, God needs your word. Right. We need a word tomorrow. And so you just get up and go to studying and get all, and quit, I would admonish you, don't look at your pathetic setting of whatever it is. Yes, it's pitiful, but for you to stew in it won't help. For you, And then another thing God had me do, he had me start ministering at this little church there in Dallas. Next thing I do, we're outreaching. And guess what that does? It gets you off of your inreach. And you go to the outreach and you realize these people are under a bridge. These people are eating beanies and weenies. These yeah. people, have, and, and I'm thinking, well, they just like being bums. They were doctors and lawyers, mm. dentists, and everything else. They just lost a grip like I did. And for the grace of God, that's where I should have been. Mm. I could have easily been there. Mm. Because if I'd given up at any moment, I could have given totally up. But right. the other part is I had a loving mother and a family praying for me. I had uh, church pastors that loved me that knew this was just the devil trying to kick right. me out of my destiny. Don't let him do it. you got to get a little bit of tenacity like a bulldog that says no devil and finally you got to right. be that war that god wins devil i'm going to show you something 
you mess with the wrong man now. Because right. we're going to put some Holy Ghost John Wayne on you. <laughs> or some Holy Ghost General Patton, but we're not going right. to go down. So don't right. let him take you under. Right. Because you are a great part of it. It's not like, it's not about you, it's not about you, yes. But it is about you, it is about God and you. Because right. believe me, he needs you. Because Lane, if you aren't doing what you're doing to touch all the people you're reaching out for, nobody else can fill your shoes. Right. And I want everybody to understand this today. You have a DNA that only God and you can accomplish. It's not everybody else doing it. It's not the second, third, and fourth choice. It's God chose you. Right. And you and only you have one fingerprint and one forensic DNA that, that says this is the you. Right. Well, that, yeah, I really agree with that and appreciate hearing that. And like uh, John Mark said, we don't, we couldn't put it all in one podcast. Yeah. So definitely get the book. Uh, it's the last time I leave my notes laying around for John Mark, because he's going into the very next thing. The next question I have for you is, so we have an audience that is around the world and we, uh, we encourage them every week that as there's always a choice, there's always a choice. And as long as you have breath, you can have the choice to be no longer hopeless. And so the question I have for you, for our audience is what is your message? What is the, the, the information? What is it that you want to put that you feel like God's put on your heart to give to the audience of no longer hopeless? I'm glad you asked that Lane, because there are choices and sometimes we just need like life coaches to help us in that and don't be afraid to ask some spiritual leader that's around you draw from those people and say this and be honest this is where i'm at i feel like i don't know if i'm making the right choices or not but i want to do what's correct at this point and just tell them and, and a lot of these fathers of the faith like i depend on and a good brother and a leader and a mentor too uh, i spent some time with dutch sheets and everybody knows he's an awesome apostle to the nation and i asked him one time in a meeting privately and he was ministering and he ministered to me. I said, Dutch, I got to ask you a question. What am I supposed to be doing that moves me in the direction God wants? He said, I'll help you on that. Dream the dreams the Father wants you to dream. Not what you think you want to do or the dreams that you've had that are dear to you. Ask God, Lord, what do you want me to dream for you? I want to be the dream that you want. I want to do what you want, Father. It's not so much about how do I get my way in ministry. It's not so much do I get up on this platform with thousands. It's it's not a it's not a fleshly or a, a personal ambitious motivation. It's Daddy, what do you want? And that moves it off of it's all about me wondering about where I'm going, what I'm doing. Lord, what do you want? If you ask him enough and you're sincere and you're praying, he will give you he gives me dreams and visions that are about him. They're about what's going to come up. That are what the things I need to be doing and moving towards. And so therefore, it really makes it a lot easier because you're not striving for arriving. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to make the right decision. Your decision is to pursue him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Okay. It's like, you know, acknowledge him in all your ways. He'll, he'll direct your paths. So you acknowledge God. You yield unto him. And just like David asked, he was a great Philistine uh, bottom kicker. But when he became the king over Israel, I'll never forget when he went to the Valley of Rephraim to, to attack the Philistines because he knew how to, he knew their game book. He was in their land. Mm -hmm. But he stopped in his tent and he said, he inquired of the Lord, what do you want me to do with these Philistines down there? Now that to me was very apostolic, like I'm yielding to you, God. And every time I do that, it's something I wasn't considering. 
it's a decision that I really didn't make that God helped me on. And so when you get a when you get a download from Daddy, that decision's pretty easy. That's what we're going to do. Right. And so I'm pretty simple. And so if he doesn't give me a graphic vision like he did with Katrina or some other visions that I've shared with publicly, if I get it visually, I got it. I'm the kind that needs a picture. And so sometimes he'll just give me a vision of doing stuff and going to this different people and ministering in different areas. And like Bob Jones told me, the senior prophet that's gone on to heaven, he told me, he says, a lot of times you think you're dreaming, but what you're going to find out one day in the supernatural is your spirit took off by God's choice to go somewhere you couldn't go in the natural. But he needed your spirit in the supernatural to do some divine intervention. Now, when you yield to that Lord doing that, whether you believe this or you're not dreaming or what, I wasn't sure. But I realized later that he was telling the truth, because he, he always was. But the decision to me is, the greatest decision is for you to, to yearn after what Almighty God and your loving Father wants just for you, just for Lane, or just for me, or just, and you ask him personally, and you'll get a personal assistance and you'll know that you know that you know that the choice you're making you didn't just make it because you had a good idea that day it was a god breathed inspired this is what i must do and you'll yeah. know it and you can't do anything else right when i died and went to heaven for instance and i had a talk with god through my brother that I never met uh, he told me god wants you to be his voice to the nations and uh, how's that going and I'm going to, as a Jacob, I'm going to give him all these excuses why I'm in health care and I'm going to be a marketplace prophet, which that's fine if it's what you're called to do. Mm -hmm. But he told me I'd be a prophet to the nations. And he goes, and? And I'm going, uh, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> well, I'm going to go do that. And he said, yeah, you will. God wants you to, and that's why we're here. He wants to tell you that you need to get back on track. You're going to be his voice, and you're going to do wonderful. See, it's very encouraging. There's no condemnation there in heaven. Mm -hmm. He said, but the Lord wants you to know that He's had a personal encounter here. You're in heaven. And I bring you this message from God. And who else could tell you that our mother had heard from God to name you from an audible voice to her and that you would also be marked in your name and you will be a prophet to the nations. Did not mother say that? Wow. God knows stuff. He said, oh, that's just a little bit. God, he said the tapes never stopped running. So to make a decision like that for me, it's really easy. I don't have another decision. I, if I quit now, I'm, I wouldn't, you know, uh, that wouldn't work. You know, I'm without excuse. I'll just put it this way. I'd be without excuse if I yeah. stopped right now. Right. So, and the other part is I'm the kind of sort of like will, strong-willed person. So I just needed that because I had to yield to God every time. Lord, what is it that you want? I'll dream that dream. What do you want me to do? David inquired, what do I do with the Philistines? Instead of, oh, I'm a Philistine buster, I'll go get him. He said, God, how do you want to do it? Right. I'm glad you asked. Go straight in. God's already set up a, a defeat for you. So that's what you do. You just yield to God. And also, I will say this. If you have a prophetic inclination or if you have a doing hospitality inclination, you may have a guest house for God. I mean, whatever the, the things. God's not totally impractical. Right. If you have a heart to do art and you write music, Go for that in that area and see what God does and just inquire of him. And you probably write some special praise and worship song the whole world can sing in their language. You never know. Yeah. But just do what God directs and that kind of like leads you into that path. It's not in, And I heard a, you know, a prophetic counselor tell me that. He said, like, if you, 
if you have an inclination to prophesy, that's probably because that's what you're going to be doing. Correct. So press yourself into more of that, learn more. And there's a lot of online. You can go to James Gall's schools. You can go to all these people, you know, Rick Joyner. A lot of people have online schools, Patricia King, different ones. And apply yourself to that stuff is good to get. Right. And you can really absorb a lot of stuff, but that way you make the proper decisions that God wants. Well, that's really good. And I encourage all of you to go back and listen to this podcast again. There's a lot of great treasures and gems to mine out. So speaking of just the online presence, how can the listeners of this podcast connect with you? What would be the best way? Well, of course, they can get a hold of your website and you can redirect. But if they want to go direct, it's www.men.org is our website. Okay. And then uh, and we have ministry numbers and then... Uh, you know, email addresses, okay. Mark and A-N-D, Sandy, S-A-N-D-Y, Pool, P-O-O-L. Uh, Mark and Sandy Pool at gmail.com. Okay. That's it. All spelled out. Okay. Mark and Sandy. And that's on the website if you need it. And okay. Any other thing. And, so... Just to just to, one more time, Mark and Sandy Pool at gmail.com. If you reach out to John Mark Pool, let him know you heard it on this podcast so he can know uh, how the connection is being made and where you're, where you're listening from. I want to say thanks again so much to John Mark. It's been an incredible honor to have you on the podcast. Uh, we, I want to encourage you, listener, thank you for listening. Come back next week and let's see what we can learn. Have a great day. Thank you, Lynn. That wraps up this episode of No Longer Hopeless. If you found this to be an encouragement to you, then please subscribe. So not to miss out when another goes out. If you can think of anyone who might benefit from this podcast, then I ask that you please share it. We would love to hear from you. Connect with us on Facebook by searching for LNL Ministries, or you can email us at nolongerhopelesspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, as long as you have breath within you, then you can still have the chance to be no longer hopeless.